Hello from gorgeous Smithville, Ohio. My name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church. And it is my privilege to spend some time with you in God's Word right now. I know He has something He wants to say to you, so let's begin with prayer. Oh Lord, help us to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now we're going to be continuing our series on Jesus and the government. And the title of today's sermon is Proud Boys Hang Out with the IRS. So why don't you let me unpack my title just a little bit. Now, I'd never heard of the Proud Boys before the Capitol riot. They became the poster child organization of that day, and several of their members have been jailed since then. Their violence is as infamous as their rhetoric, and they pay the price for both. They believe they are serving their country in the best way possible and are totally committed to their cause. And then there's the IRS. Have you ever heard of them? According to factretriever.com, the Internal Revenue Service, that is the IRS, is the world's largest financial institution. They have a special crimes investigation branch made up of 3,500 employees worldwide, whose main job is to investigate tax crime. The Criminal investigation special agents have badges and are allowed to carry weapons, but they do not have uniforms. Qualified CI agents are exempt from concealed weapon laws. Now, for the fiscal year 2014, the IRS processed 240 million tax returns and collected $3.1 trillion dollars. The IRS does not have a taxed amnesty program, so no penalties or interest on late taxes can be forgiven. Failing to pay taxes can potentially result in one year of prison for every year taxes are not filed. Usually the IRS chooses to apply fines and penalties over jail time, with fines reaching up to $25,000 a year that taxes are not filed. Again, in 2014, nearly 95,000 people work for the IRS, and about two-thirds of its employees would recommend working for the IRS to a friend. You see, they too are proud of how they are serving their country, just like the Proud Boys are proud. Now, it's hard to imagine either the Proud Boys or IRS agents wanting to spend a lot of time together. They would have little in common and much to dispute. Their politics is a barrier to relationship, and rightfully so. Who would try to make them work together? It would probably lead to an argument, or even worse. Now, in the time of Jesus, there were similar groups of people. The, the zealots were the proud boys of that day, and the Roman tax collector was the IRS. 
Tax collectors were infamous for being corrupt and taxing people into poverty and slavery. The zealots were a violent patriot group that wanted to overthrow the Roman government. Can you imagine pulling guys from these two groups together? Well, Jesus did. I wonder, did you ever notice politics can get in the way in church as well? What sickens me most about the current political climate in our country is the division it creates in the church. People who are totally committed to Jesus can't worship together because there's just too much between them. Whether it be masks, vaccines, elections, you name it, believers have let temporary issues override eternal communions that should never be broken. We've all been duped into believing this is more important or that is all that matters. And well, I just can't stand them anymore. We are just too different. Not only is this mindset evil, it's the devil's eternal mantra, divide and conquer the church. But you know, friends, I am so glad I have a king who reached over to both sides of the aisle. I'm so glad I have a king who doesn't care if you are Republican, Democrat, Proud Boy, or IRS agent. He will call them all and say, follow me. The Lordship of Jesus transcends all politics. It brings into perspective and ultimately into submission our earthly allegiances under the cross and crown of Christ. Here again, if you are on the fence with your relationship with Jesus, you will fall off one way or the other. When you commit your life to him, nothing is higher. Not country, not family, not even self. You know, we often sing this song in church, but we, do we really listen to the words? You know this song. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Well, friends, today we will observe Jesus in recruitment mode. He's calling men to follow him. He's calling men to surrender all. He's seeking those who would literally be his body on earth after he ascends to heaven. Jesus needs to have representatives that would take his message and methods into the world and begin a movement that would change humanity for the better and forever. Now, let me just give you the point of today's sermon. Here it comes. Jesus broke down the barriers of political polarization and brought people together around him. And we should too. Now that's a big point. If you're writing it down, let me say it one more time. 
Jesus broke down the barriers of political polarization and brought people together around him. And we should too. Now, I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles to a few verses, and one of which actually talks about Simon the Zealot. If you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, again, Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to land. So if you have a Bible, it would be great if you would open it up to Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. And as always, I will be reading the text. I think it's better if we can read it together. Uh, but if you don't have a Bible, you can read and understand. I really would like to get you one. If you hang around till the end of the message today, I'll tell you how you can do that. Again, Matthew 10, I'm going to start reading verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Now what I hope you grab from Matthew chapter 10 verses 1 through 4 is simply this. Rebels wanted. Rebels wanted. And then your question to consider is, is your rebellion under the lordship of Jesus? Remember, rebels are wanted, but then I'm going to ask, is your rebellion under the lordship of Jesus. Now we know so little about Simon the Zealot, and that actually fits what we know. The group known as the Zealots were a secretive and fierce group of patriots for Israel. They were totally committed to God and country. They knew God had called them to free his people from the oppressive Roman government that they hated. They were a violent, organized group that believed in the Old Testament and felt they too had a part in the biblical story. And that story is about liberation. They would see the kingdom come by force. I had even read somewhere that to become a zealot, you had to kill a Roman or Jewish traitor. They knew the Messiah would come and they would be ready for the fight and ultimate victory he would lead them to. These were devoted believers who knew God was on their side. How could he not be? Just read the Old Testament. And by the way, at that time, there was no New Testament. It's hard for me to imagine Jesus wouldn't have loved the passionate fire he, that would have lit up in Simon's eyes when he would talk about the kingdom he came to establish. I would imagine that Simon himself would have been bursting with pride to know that the Messiah had arrived on his watch. This was the moment he had waited for his whole life. 
Jesus would have sympathized with his ache to be free. Jesus would have grown up under the same oppression that Simon the Zealot did. There is no doubt Jesus felt the pain, sadness, and even fear as a child who was growing up in an occupied country. I believe this is part of why Jesus called Simon the Zealot. He knew he could count on him to be completely devoted, ready for anything, even death if need be. But I would also imagine Simon's shock at Jesus' clear teaching and actions that pointed to loving our enemies, not killing them? I would imagine Simon would have wondered. It would have blown this zealot's mind when Jesus went and healed a Roman soldier's servant. Jesus forgiving his Roman torturers from the cross he was to die on should haunt every rebel that seeks to justify his vengeance and say they'll never forgive. Well, friends, we know this zealot was changed by Jesus, and we must be too. We are all rebels in our hearts. We believe freedom is a right of our own, and we don't want to be oppressed by anyone. It's so easy to hate our enemies and to make them want to pay. Now, this is when I put up a little visual aid of Misney. Have you seen the Misney billboards all over the place? Misney makes them pay. We all have a little Misney in us, don't we? But in Jesus, the rebellion is over. The price has been paid. The war is won. Jesus is our king. Friends, you need to know there's only two kinds of people in the world. Followers of Jesus who are our brothers and sisters through him. And then the second kind of people are those who are lost and that we are to seek and save. Who is left then for the zealot to kill? No one. And that is important because you can be certain if there was anyone Simon the Zealot would have wanted to kill, It would have been the other guy Jesus called to follow him. Now I'm going to have you go back in your Bibles a chapter to Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. If you just want to turn the page or two, we're going back to Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. And since you don't have far to go, I'm going to start up in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. I'm just going to read verses 9 through 11. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. Well, you know, just like in the first section of verses where I said, what you need to know is rebels are wanted. For this text, it's 
traitors welcome. Just like rebels wanted, traitors welcome. And then I'll ask you this question. Is your treason under the lordship of Jesus? Is your treason under the lordship of Jesus? Matthew was a tax collector. An ancient agent of the IRS, only it was much worse. You see, he worked for the occupying force that had conquered and oppressed his own people. This would be like if the Taliban took over the U.S. and then you or I would work for them and collect taxes they impose on us to keep oppressing us. Oh, friends, you need to know Matthew was in a hard spot. Now, if you've never watched the Chosen series, I really think you should. Oh, my goodness, you can watch it for free online. Just Google the Chosen series. It'll pull it right up. You can watch it. Uh, It's absolutely incredible. And one of the incredible things about that series is the way they develop Matthew so perfectly. It's biblical and it's compelling. But here's the deal. He is hated by everyone. Even the Romans that he works for don't really like him. But he is loved by Jesus. This is the enduring theme of Jesus' life and ministry. He is constantly seeking out the outcast. The one no one else wants. That's the one Jesus has his eye on. Matthew represents everything that is wrong with the government and how it can ruin a person. Matthew had sold out to the state as a traitor to his own people. He not only gave into it, but then profited from it. Yet it probably shocked Matthew to see Jesus feed thousands of people for free and charge them nothing. Or when Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is God's. Wait a minute. Matthew would probably think, hold on, Caesar owns everything, doesn't he? It probably blew Matthew's mind when Jesus said he was having a party at his house and bringing all of his good Jewish friends. Maybe rebels and traitors can mix. And then our text finishes up and tells us why that's even possible. Check it out. Verse 12 in chapter 9 in the book of Matthew. On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But, I, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Well, what I hope you glean from those two verses is simply this. Jesus wins. Remember, rebels wanted, traitors welcome, Jesus wins. And then I just ask, do you have victory in Jesus? In the battle against death and sin, Jesus wins. In our battle with each other, even if we are politically polarized, Jesus can still win. He came to heal us and restore us to who God originally 
made us to be. We are all sick rebels and traitors. Living in this world can make us sick, sick, either rebelling against earthly authority that God has established or giving into it to the level we become traitors. Jesus calls to the rebel and the traitor and says, follow me to victory. You see, it doesn't matter what the world may call you. Who does Jesus say you are? Well, how did Jesus do it? How did he call us to victory? On the cross, Jesus defeated sin and death once and for all. This makes it possible for all of us to have victory and victorious love for each other, even the zealot and the tax collector. My favorite biblical scholar, Clarence Jordan, said Jesus probably had to sleep between those two boys more than once. Did they always get along? Of course not. But in the end, did their allegiance and surrender to Jesus give them victory over the war that was between them? I believe so. So what do we do with this? Republican, Democrat, or Independent? Put it all under your loyalty to Jesus and the call to love his body, the church. Are you a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer? Stop judging. Give grace and space as a way of living out the love we must have for each other. Let go of the temporary trappings of politics and grip the eternal significance of the kingdom. When we do this, by worshiping and serving and playing together, our differences will get smaller and our love will get bigger for each other and for the world Jesus came into and now sends us out to to seek and save, even today. Let us pray. Oh Lord, I just thank you that no matter how far apart politics can push us, you call us back together. That you can uh, make us into who you want us to be. Indeed, you call us. Help us to be faithful in our following you, and especially in our following you together as the church. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, if you would like a Bible or someone to pray with, let me know by calling our church office at 330-669-3601. Again, that number is 330-669-3601. Or you can always reach out to us through our website by Googling Smithville Mennonite Church. And there's all kinds of of good information there. You can even listen to these sermons again, if you'd like to, through our website, through our podcast. So go check that out. Again, just Google Smithville Mennonite Church. And know that you are always welcome to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for worship. Well, now I'd like to leave you with a song we sang in our worship service last Sunday. It's by a band called Hillsong, and it's called Who You Say I Am. Oh friend, 
I hope you are blessed as you understand who God says you are. Amen. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was asked what he brought me in his love for me. In his love for me. Who is free? Who is free? Yeah.